folks, Vicki Hearn here, The Poison Pen. Today I want to talk about our really, really tight labor market and why it's here to stay. So if you are an employer and you're still clinging to this notion that enhanced unemployment is the reason you can't hire help, let me be the first to say that you may find yourself short-staffed, if not closed, come this time next year. And here's why. First, I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of people have died and they are not being replaced. COVID has cost us more than 600,000 lives and it is not over yet. The ripple that those deaths have caused throughout our country and our culture hasn't even been examined, never mind calculated. The loss of a parent has enormous repercussions on a family, not just for a few months, but for years. Worse, we're all getting old. Our crap diets, epidemic of obesity, type 2 diabetes, and a variety of other behavioral and non-compliant health issues, they will contribute to the rapid exit of many of us from the labor market. Declining birth rates, along with a declining sperm count, has been a back burner socioeconomic issue for decades. China's lifted the one-child rule. There's a huge shortage of women in both China and India, and some countries are now encouraging motherhood via subsidies and other programs. Now, I'm not sure that this will make much of a difference in the birth rate though it seems that regardless of incentive wealth or opportunity women choose to have fewer or no children and that trend is very likely to continue maybe motherhood isn't the greatest job a woman could have next wealth transfer you think millennials are spoiled and entitled now wait till they inherit a ton of money we are on the cusp of the greatest generational transfer of wealth in our nation's history. As baby boomers die, they are transferring their wealth, not necessarily to their children, but very often to their grandchildren. And according to the Wall Street Journal, the average inheritance is a little over 200 grand. That is a life-changing amount. Money gives you freedom. Money gives you options. Money gives you the ability to take risks. Money makes it a whole lot easier to tell people to fuck off. Business owners, take heed. If you're difficult to work for, or your business depends on a never-ending supply of people who are poor and desperate or have few economic options, you may need to reconsider your business model. Next, retirement. The tail end of the baby boom generation, those born in the late 50s, 1950s or 60s, depending on who's talking, is nearing retirement age, which can range from 62 to 72 or earlier, depending on how much money you want to pull from Social Security and your other accounts. It's estimated that COVID has forced about 2 million people into retirement. Some could be enticed back into the job market, but most of these are permanent life changes. They will never return to the labor market. 
Money managers are very quick to point out that people can't afford to retire and that you're likely to outlive your money, but I think that's mostly their commissions talking. You'd be surprised how little you need to live on when you only have two old people to feed and all your stuff is paid for. Nevertheless, depending on the nature of the work and people's health, some boomers, of course, will continue to work. However, those are more likely to be at the very top end or the very bottom end of the income spectrum. The rest of us will sell our homes, move someplace cheaper, and be done with working for the man every night and day. Small cities now are going to be at a disadvantage. Gone are the days that a Des Moines or Charlotte or Salt Lake could pay less than a company in San Francisco or New York. If your profession is in demand and you can work virtually, no longer does your compensation and career path need to be stifled because you want to live in a smaller city. This is the start of the golden age for labor. Companies that pay more and support virtual workers will suck talent out of these smaller markets to the detriment of those companies headquartered or office there. Regional pay scales, please, they are on the shelf next to the fax machine. No one cares where your office is. If you want IT talent or other highly skilled gold color workers, you're going to need to level up your compensation or you're not going to be able to compete. And if you can't compete, you're not going to be in business. Lastly, the commute. That's coming out of your end. Jamie Diamond a champion of capitalism until he's short on cash and then he's first in line at the Fed, has demanded that J.P. Morgan Chase workers return to on-site work and, and Jamie's culture, adding that if people didn't like the commute, that's too bad. Maybe Jamie isn't good at math. Let's say you have a 45-minute drive to work and you're on-site five days a week. That would be eight hours working, one hour unpaid lunch. That's 52 and a half hours a week dedicated to work at a minimum. Men, add an additional hour of prep time. Women, an hour and a half. And now you're up to about 78, 79 hours. In other words, almost double the amount of time compared to the hours you're actually paid for. So if you're making 35 bucks an hour, your real hourly is closer to 17 before taxes and before other expenses and before your lost opportunity costs like your side hustle or your education. This is why the poor stay poor. And that's also why I'm not going to drive to your office or commute to a restaurant or hire a sitter if I could even find one. I think I'll stay home, cook from scratch, take online classes, and look for a job where I contribute 40 hours and get paid for 40 hours. That's just a smart business decision. It doesn't make me an entitled asshole who doesn't want to work. It is not about the commute. It is about time.
time. It's about being paid for all of my time. I'm contributing time, which I believe is the same as money, to enhance Jamie Dimon's culture, whatever metric that is. However, all that good culture money, it's coming out of my end, not Jamie's. He's all up for the free culture, but I've yet to hear him or any other executive say that their culture is important enough that they're going to part with some cash for it. You know, I believe in karma and I believe in capitalism. So I feel very confident that Jamie and a bunch of his other banking buddies will receive a big message about on-site work, probably when one of their cloud APIs goes down in a smoldering heap of technical debt. At that moment, they'll see that labor isn't as forgiving as the Fed. And I think Jamie is also going to learn that he's not a hometown hero. A lot of employers are more than willing to hire talent in Ohio. Finally, here's a universal truth. When you're rich, life doesn't change very quickly or very radically. For the affluent, things roll along, even in the worst of times, and because many wealthy capitalists haven't personally felt the change COVID has brought to the labor market, they don't think that it's real. They don't understand this entitlement of labor or that the world has fundamentally changed and is different now. And why we just can't order people to go back to the good old pre-COVID cubicle culture we loved so much. Even before COVID, the rise of gold-collar knowledge workers was beginning to reverse the employer advantage in competitive labor markets like tech and healthcare. Crisis as a cultural accelerant has firmly flipped the advantage to labor, and economists predict it's going to stay that way for a long time time. Labor has had decades of opportunity and vice on how to be a good employee. That cannot be said of employers. Most employers are spoiled, entitled, and they have a long history of a Doritos style of management, which is they're just people will get more. And because so many employers historically have shown zero interest in being a good employer, now they can't seem to hire anybody. A tight labor market isn't about lazy millennials or enhanced unemployment benefits. Things have changed. Even if they haven't changed for you personally, employers need to accept reality and level up their hiring game, or they're going to be outmaneuvered by those who will. If you enjoyed this article, check out some of my other posts and podcasts on employment, interviewing, and the contingent job market. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. 